You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. The Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network is brought to you by Onyx Hunt. Bringing you the best GPS mapping software directly to your smartphone or desktop, Onyx offers you the ability to see property boundaries, mark waypoints, track your location, and so much more. Visit onyxmaps.com or you can download it directly from your app store today. Save 20% off of your purchase by using the code NATION20 at checkout. That's capital N NATION followed by the number 20. Welcome back to the Hunting Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and we are back once again with more content from the 2020 Archery Trade Association trade show out of Indianapolis. And once again, we are joined by Mark Winberg of Arcus Brands, and today we're talking specifically about Obsession Bows. I ask a ton of questions about the design. I should say Bob and I ask a ton of questions about the design of their bows, the the, the bow market, um, how these guys stay fresh in the design room, materials, uh, how they record their data and research and development, all the, all the things that you should do if you're a manufacturer of not just bows, but any product. So a lot of cool information covered in this episode. Before we get into the episode, I quickly want to remind everybody to go and take a look at the Sportsman's Nation YouTube channel. Uh, make sure you are subscribed to the YouTube channel. Make sure you are subscribed to the Hunting Gear Podcast RSS feed on iTunes or wherever you download your episodes. And if you guys want to be more involved in the Hunting Gear Podcast, if you're listening to this, please go and DM myself or Bob and let us know what you want to see covered in this podcast, what products, what product category, um, hypotheticals, anything that you want, you let us know and uh, I'll add it to a list uh, with all the other people who have made suggestions and I'll start checking them off, checking them off, checking them off. So uh, keep an eye out for more fresh content coming soon. Uh, Still, we have a lot of content coming out of the ATA show and, and I don't know about you, but I'm doing, I'm doing this portion of it because I like listening to 
uh, I guess, information straight from the manufacturer's mouth. Not some celebrity, not someone who's being paid to rep a company, but the manufacturer themselves. And hopefully you guys like that as well. Other than that, we're done with the intro. Let's get into today's topic with Mark Winberg of Obsession Bows. All right, we are here at the ATA Show 2020, and uh, we are at the Arcus booth in a little cage here, a little room. I'm here with co-host Bob Polanik and Mark Winberg of Obsession Bows. Um, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having us. We appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So the first question I want to ask you right off the bat is what is your role within obsession sure um as the product development guy um you know you're, you're kind of taking like what you hear from the customer what the sales teams want what the sales reps want you know what our manufacturing people are capable of building mm-hmm. and, and you're taking all that information you're also seeing what's out there the competitors are doing you know and uh then what's new what nobody's doing you know and what's next you know and so you kind of take all that information and put it together and uh man boom you, you come out with what you're going to do next year yeah and and bows we've we talked about this when we talked about broadheads mm-hmm. and brand loyalty and people who are serious. Now, we thought it was crazy with broadheads. It's double that with bows. Oh, man. It's yeah. almost like... It's a, nasty. It's almost like it's a blind leap into an yeah. abyss. It's like, my this is, the, <laughs> this is the best bow on the market. Hands down, nothing can touch it. Blah, 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 blah. And they're blah. willing to fight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like worse than politics. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I know. I know so, when... When you guys sit around uh, the the table at Obsession and you have these conversations about how to take an, a bow that you've already created and make it better or or redesign something or start something completely from scratch, what's what's that conversation sound like? Well, the cool thing is, and, and the thing I respect about our team is we're all we're all users. Mm-hmm. You know, we hunt, we we've done target shooting, we've three D, you know shot paper indoors at 20 yards so um i think it gives us a good working knowledge i mean we're in the tree stand we we know hey i've been drawing this bow at this angle and you know what works what doesn't you know the draw cycle in the camp so we're all talking about all these things experiences of our own plus what a customer you know our feedback from our customers and that's kind of what we throw in and, and that's how we progress and take the idea and refine it and, and, and just bundle it into what's coming out. Yeah. So, man, I, I feel like bows are also overhyped. Every single year, a manufacturer has to come out with a new one or it's almost like they get left in the dust. Is that an accurate statement? Very much so, man. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And right now, where our technology is, man, we, we are... We're, we're taking baby steps right now. Yeah. I mean, where we're at with what a bow looks like today, we're, we're approaching its max. You're right. Um, you know, because yeah. our cams, a, a bow is like 85% energy efficient now. So what I'm talking about is, you know, you put an arrow on the string and you let it go. 85% of the energy that's stored in this bow is going to the arrow, to the yeah. projectile, to the target. A car, it, it only gets 25% of the horsepower to the rear wheels. 
you know, so you think about it that way. I mean, man, yeah. it, it's a very efficient machine. And uh, I think the next evolution of what a compound bow is, is not even going to look like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's going to be Star Wars stuff, Halo, yeah. you know, things. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be wild. Yeah. So let's talk about cams for a second mm-hmm. because you, you see all types of crazy to something very small mm-hmm. to a complete circle mm-hmm. to something that looks like it's the size of a pie plate right i mean you you walk the show here and you see you see all of them does does how how much of the draw cycle is cam related i mean is it is it all cam or does the limbs have something to do with it or where where does the cam itself play and what role does it play in the overall I guess end of the equation that is the bow okay it's a large part um the riser the limbs the limb angle yeah. uh the brace height the axle the axle length all comes into play to how big the cam is how big it's going to be um what also comes into play is how fast you want the bow to be you know and, and think about a round ball for example like a round wheel if you will a round ball it takes very little energy to push that ball and to get it rolling but think about an egg it's elliptical shape and what you have to do to keep that egg moving you're putting more energy into it, it it's same as archery you know to get faster speeds you got to put more energy in you got to draw the bow and it's a little bit harder to draw back so you're you're what you put into it's what you're going to get out so that's why you see the elliptical shapes the more elliptical it is the more speed the more energy it's going to store and the faster velocity it's going to be a round wheel very smooth you'll see you know closer to round wheels and 20 yards like indoor at las vegas you know very smooth drawing you know easy speed doesn't matter but 3d you'll see this more of this but the trick is as a bow designer not to make it so harsh that a guy's been sitting for two hours in a tree stand at 20 degrees and he's cold you know yeah to come back because if he can't draw it what good is it yeah well part of part of that is i have a question um i see that this bow goes up to 80 pounds you can put 80 pound limbs mm-hmm. on it yes I sir take it. you could so to what you were just saying you know it was forever there was only a 70 pound 70 pound was max right it's only been in the last couple of years that we started seeing the 75 and the 80 pound limbs or or cams however the bow manufacturer wants to do it um is that just a is that a result just because i mean this probably sounds dumb but is that just simply demand was the demand that high for an 80 pound bow yeah demand is guys want speed you know speed never goes out of style in in the the more weight you shoot in the more draw length you have the faster it's going to go i mean all things equal a guy shooting a 28 inch draw length versus a 30 inch draw length the 30 is going to win right right because he's just drawing it back further storing more energy but you know maybe a guy shooting 28 inch draw he wants that little extra he can put 80 pound limbs on it and get that what a 30 inch guy draw is capable of getting right so that's his way of making up for being a little shorter yeah shoot more weight 80 pounds is i mean i'm not i'm not gonna say i'm the strongest guy but i'm also not weak 80 pounds is nasty to drop back yeah it's a big difference it's it's i mean even yeah. even 70 to 75 is big and then yeah. i can't 
I, I worked at a bow shop five years ago just part-time to mess around with it, and a guy brought in an 80-pound bow and didn't tell me it was 80 pounds, and he asked me to paper tune it for him. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it took everything I had to draw. Because I was just, I was like, oh, probably 70-pound bow, whatever. Didn't even look. And the, and the, the, wow. the owner was... Uh, he was probably in his 50s, but he had a <laughs> he had a bad shoulder, so every bow that needed to be paper tuned, he would just hand off to me. Like you, Bob. Wow. <laughs> Here you go. Yeah, that you got I, the right. shaft. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Get it? it yeah, I got yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So, um, I want to talk about if you took this bow here, and we're mm-hmm. looking at the new Evolution XL, mm-hmm. and you made it another bow the exact same with different material is the equation for speed and the what comes out of the bow can it be can it be altered based off the material used on like say like what the cam is made out of or what the limbs are made out of is does material play a a role in that or is it just the angles and the amount of like weight on the draw Material is huge as well. Yeah. You know, let's let's talk like the limbs. Let's focus on the limbs for one change. What you see here is a pultruded limb. It's 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 a blank. It's it comes out in, in like a rectangular shaped block. And then the block is sliced, you know, for the width of the limb. Like these are three quarters of an inch. So we slice that block. And um, all the fibers are running one way, longitudinal. And then we take a, a, a diamond wheel and we belly cut it. Okay. And uh the other way you can make a limb uh, that will last a long time is, is what we call compression mold. And you take the fibers and wrap it around the mandrel. And then you dip it in uh, like some resin. You bring it out and you put it in an oven. And, and with tons of pressure, you compress it this way. And when that cures, you know, you could build a bow with that style limb. This, this style that we see on this XL is, is the pultruded method. That bow will probably shoot that bow limb um maybe 15 feet per second faster than a compression molded limb huh yeah so the compression molded limb is a lot cheaper it's probably one-fifth of the cost of this pultruded style yeah so um that's just one example um another example is is the way the riser's designed you know is if the riser is rigid it's going to shoot faster than if it flexes back and then forward, mm-hmm. you know, because you're robbing energy if the riser's moving. The more the riser's moving, it's going to absorb some of the energy into that handle, you know, instead of it being rigid and letting the arrow just launch. Yeah. So there's lots of things. Lots of things. Gotcha. All right. So then with um, the the bow overall, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I haven't done it this year. I didn't do it last year just because of time constraints, but previous years i would go around and i would shoot a lot of the bows mm. almost all of them from mm. every brand uh, especially the flagship yes, sir where where do you think obsession stands in the i want to i don't want to say ranking because i'm not asking you right, to right. rank your bow against some other ones right. but is it the cream of the crop is it just below that is it the bottom i mean and, and add maybe price point into that. You bet. You know, Obsession, we focus on really uh, like an upper end, what I'll call an upper end, right at that $1,000 retail price point, uh, pro shop style mm-hmm. bow. So it, it, it's definitely at the high end of things. Um, 
I guess the best thing I can I can best way I could tell you is what our customers say when I hear it when I see them over there in the shooting lane you know just a few feet away that's the quietest bow that's the most shock free bow there's no vibration no hand shock there's no noise you know man that cam is drawing smooth you know and I hear those words and it's just kind of affirmation of like thank you lord we yeah. did it right yeah. <laughs> you know yeah and um so they're all good don't get me wrong dan they're all good now competition forces you to be that way right, right. or you're done yeah you know it's too, it's too fierce but i mean I, we can hang with anybody i we had an article just written um on a magazine they did a bow review and um ours was the only bow from the 2020 models out of like i think he did five reviews so far that even made the ibo speeds so you know we we're there I, nice. I'll put it up against somebody. What do you mean made the IBO speeds? Uh, like every bow manufacturer says, you know, if you look on our, uh, we got a hang tag, you yeah. know, and they'll say 340 feet per second or 350 feet per second. So IBO is basically like if this bow is a 70 pound model. So you shoot an arrow that's five grains per pound of bow weight. So a 350 grain arrow, seven times five, 35, so 350 grains. Draw length doesn't matter. Guys usually use 30 inch because you get faster velocities versus a 29 or 28. So, so uh, shooting a 350 grain arrow, a seven pound bow, we're, we're the only one that made the speed we published. Okay, that right there, I feel is a perfect example of maybe this is just me getting on a soapbox now, but the industry saying that it does something that it really doesn't do, right? I think there's actually a lot of that. And that's, I think that's something that you guys should really be proud of, that if you're one of the only companies out there that, that their bow made, a, you know, a test was done and it passed and nobody else's did, that's crazy. That blows me away. Now, there's a lot more to go, and I'm sure somebody else will, but so yeah. far, you know, so good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's good for us. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's something, I mean, that's something that, I don't know. I would hang my hat on it for sure. Yeah. yeah. I've always heard great things about obsession bows. So what's next? I mean, how do you guys stay fresh in, in the design room? Man, it's getting tougher. Yeah. It's getting harder and harder and harder. Like I alluded to a little earlier, we, we are approaching limits. And, um, man, I, I've been doing this a while. Like yeah. I said, and um, worked for a couple other bow companies. We had a room in one company we called the vault and we had bows in there we worked on and design and stuff came up with and man it would blow your mind if you saw them outperform some of the stuff we have today but the market's not ready to see it I, we really didn't believe it was so far out there I, we didn't think that it would be accepted yet yeah. so there's ideas there and the concepts are there the engineering has gone there i know yeah but it's like what's going to be it's a primitive weapon. When is enough enough? You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? At some point, you got to stop, too, right? Because it's not what it was supposed to be anymore. But where is that line? You know? yeah. Is that for me to decide? I right. doubt it, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> we'll we'll right. let the customers figure it out. Yeah. All right. So here's the here's the crazy question. And you mentioned this, the, the Star Wars looking stuff. And, you know, when is a primitive weapon to, you right. know, it's not primitive anymore. Right. Do you see a some kind of limb loading mechanism that will assist the limbs, basically driving it faster 
out of any any type of component or device that you can add to your bow to actually add speed outside of the draw weight and draw length. Yeah, we've seen some of that stuff. We, I've seen some inventors come up, like guys from Korea and come up with some wild stuff like limbs. Actually, uh, you remember Golden Key, the Arrowrest company back from the 70s and 80s, the Troncosco family? No. They came up with the TM Hunter. Okay. They're, those guys, they had a, 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 a bow they called the Future Bow, and they had a limb assist back, back then. Basically, what it did was it just added weight to your bow, which increased the arrow velocity. But that's what it did. But, uh, yeah, we, we've seen all kinds of things like that come along. But to get them to repeat the yeah. same way over and over, we yeah. haven't found that. Yeah. And that's the whole key, right? We're yes. talking. You, you, you got to do the same thing over and over and over to be accurate for it to hit the same spot. And, and we haven't found that yet, the yeah. repeatability. All right. So now, now a guy goes into a bow shop. It's time for him to pick up a new bow. Mm. Why does he need to pick up a uh, uh, obsession and shoot it and give it a try? Man, I, I think uh, one of the things our, our, about our product is we have the ability with our cam designs to reach the upper end of the speed limits, but with the smoothest drawing characteristics you're going to get. Most of the time out of a speedbow, man, you have to horse that thing back. We, we have a really smooth, it's the way it's designed, the way our power tracks are designed. We have a very smooth draw cycle for what the performance level it is. And it's super quiet. You know, that comes in the limb angles. It comes into the way we make our limb pockets, how the limbs are supported. Um, the limb angles, it, it's, it's all part of it. And that brings us to the end of another Hunting Gear podcast. Huge shout out to Mark and everyone from Arcus for scheduling time with us. Huge shout out to all of you for taking time out of your day to download and listen to the Hunting Gear podcast and all of the podcasts on the Sportsman's Nation. If you're not already subscribed to the Sportsman's Nation network feed or the Hunting Gear podcast standalone feed, be sure to go to iTunes or wherever you download your podcast and subscribe. Lastly, be sure to check out the Sportsman's Nation YouTube channel. It's up, it's running, and lots of good content, specifically whitetail strategy and turkey hunting uh, films right now or turkey hunting videos right now. Check it out. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.